This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Everybody and welcome to another brand new Proton Pack podcast. I'm Christian. With me always, oh, is the fester to my Gomez, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Has hey, guys. Gone mad. It has gone mad because we're back for like three weeks in a row with new episodes. That's pretty damn impressive. It is crazy. We're on episode 68, inching our way to that number 100 mark. But uh, you know what? We love bringing you guys the geeky, nerdy news that uh, comes out each and every week. And we've got, I think, a good batch this week. Right, Tone? I think we have a really good batch this week. Not a bad batch, but a very good batch. (laughs) Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and get our shameless plugs out of the way. Let you guys know what's going on outside of this show. It's shameless plug time. Better than these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. (laughs) Yeah. Money is cool. Money is cool, which is why we tell you guys each and every week about a little 501c3 dog rescue nonprofit called Rough Riders, dedicated to the transport of dogs from the rural outlying shelters here in northern Nevada, where they may not have a chance into the more metro area where they work with uh, local dog rescues and shelters uh, to find them homes, give them a sink chance at life and of course always looking for wonderful tax deductible donations which you guys can do over at roughwriters.org that's r-u-f-f writers.org or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash rough writers saves now with that being said tony and i do a daily morning show every day we do a little of the geeky nerdy stuff here but mostly it's just a fun variety show tony go ahead and tell the folks about it Yes, so you can catch Christian and I as I play the role of Tony Spark on that show. That's my alter ego there. He's not much different than the Tony you see here, other than name. But nonetheless, you can catch us on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It's your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. We feature topics from entertainment, comedy, sports, um, and more. We do all kinds of fun stuff. You can join us uh, every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can also catch us out. Um, you can watch us on uh, the well, the app that Christian will tell you about in a second because I never have that handy. But you can download us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Geezer, Gozer, Dozer, all those good things. So check us out Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. 9 to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I'll also be back. Um, Jimmy Jones has revived right. Pop Culture Kaboom. That starts again this Sunday night. Uh, knvc.org uh, 95.1 FM Carson City Community Radio everything you want everything you need pop culture kaboom I'll be joining Jimmy and their new um, their new kind of uh, what you would be the engineer yeah, the, engineer yeah I don't know his name so I can't give him any props but uh, Jimmy asked me to come back and uh, I'll actually uh, I'll help him out a, and, and kind of put myself back out there a little bit 
But you can check out. It's a wonderful show. Again, KMVC.org, 95FM, um, Pop Culture Kaboom, Christian Phoenix Radio. A lot of entertainment, a lot of good stuff. Check us all out. Follow us on social media. Share. It's caring. That's a long, shameless plug. <laughs> and Tony did mention uh, real quick, uh, we are on smart TV apps and mobile applications under the NGBN.TV app. So just download that. You can find all of the Phoenix Media station channel programs there uh, to enjoy from the comfort of your own home or while the on the go on your mobile apps. Now, with a few minutes left in this segment, you know, we've been talking reviews over the last few weeks, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie. Uh, over the Movie? Over the weekend, Netflix got uh, Army of the Dead, which is the new Zack Snyder movie starring Dave Bautista, and uh, tasked Tony with uh, watching the movie. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, life gets in the way. Sleep is a little more important. So, Tony, of the first 30 minutes of the movie, what have you thought so far? Uh, there's a very entertaining way to uh, start a zombie outbreak. I won't spoil it for me, but the uh, the little relaxation that leads into a explosion uh, leads to a zombie to go astray, and they are near Las Vegas. Um, the things I saw, it's I haven't seen a sillier opening intro since zombie land it was just missing the uh you know like the cool metallica music but uh from what i saw of it i really enjoyed what i saw but i unfortunately i tried watching this around midnight last night and my body just went zip so um i will be watching it i'm looking forward to it and i'm actually really excited to hear your review because much like the listeners um I don't know how it was. So we're going to get Christian Phoenix's uh, tank. Well, I don't know if you're Phoenix on this show, just maybe just right. Christian. Christian. Am. Well, it is the Phoenix Media Network. So I guess you would be the Mr. Phoenix 24 7. But I'm looking forward to your review here, buddy. Well, in a spoiler free review, you know, it's a Zack Snyder movie, obviously. The. Uh, the way it looks is beautiful. Um, you know, you've got great actors in it. But I found that it suffers from the one thing that all Zack Snyder movies suffer from. It's about 20 to 25% too long. There are so many things they could cut out. Obviously, if you saw the four, four and a half hour version of Justice League, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This movie's two and a half hours long. If it was maybe an hour and 45 minutes, even to two hours, it would be that much better. You know, just sort of cut it down, make it a little more succinct. Uh, it was a little bit more humorous than some of the Zack Snyder movies that you're used to, uh, which felt a, a little odd because you're used to sort of those dark movies. But, uh, you know, in all, it had some fun action. It had, uh, you know, a, a little bit of comedy that played well. The acting was you know, it, it was passable. It wasn't fantastic. It wasn't terrible. And then the addition of Tig Notaro, who took the place of Chris D'Elia, uh, who they basically had to Henry Cavill mustache in through CG. Uh, she was actually probably one of the best parts of the movie. So uh, something to keep in mind as you're watching that uh, a lot of what she recorded wasn't with the actual cast. Uh, she recorded it outside of uh, the principal photography. So, uh, you know, I, I would say it was a perfectly okay movie. Um, you know, out of 10, I'd give it up a seven. A seven? Now, that's still a pretty good one. Now, is this something, if it wasn't on Netflix and you saw it in theaters, do you think it was? It would have been an enjoyable movie to see at the, big, uh, at the box office? Because you can see it. So if you would prefer not to see it on Netflix and you, and it's playing in your local box office. Is that something you would go see? I would see it in theaters, especially if it was about a half hour, 45 minutes shorter, 
again, you know, it's kind of too long, a little long in the tooth. A little bit, exactly. Yeah, two and a half hours. It's uh, 30 minutes shy of Titanic. So that's, uh, yeah, you got to be careful with long movies. You got to remember people have short attention spans, uh, which is why we've cut all our shows back down to an hour. You just want to make it entertaining, captivate the audience and roll on. It's don't want to drag this out too long, you know? Speaking of short attention spans, we are headed into our break. When we come back, we're going to be talking TV news. So, folks, do not go anywhere. We'll see you guys in just a few. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, surprises, and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Oh, and welcome back, folks, to the Protan, Proton Pack Podcast. Protan. Protan. Pro- We're changing the name Protan here. Protein. <laughs> Protan Protein provided today's official sponsor of the Proton Pack Podcast with Chris and Tony. Now back to the show. <laughs> well, we finished up our review of Army of the Dead. And uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and head into our TV news for this week. Bazinga. Cool! The cream of the crop. Hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king, baby. Well, this calls back to our introduction, but uh, Netflix has announced that actress Jenna Ortega from the Scream TV series will be the new Wednesday Adams in Netflix's upcoming sequel series to the Adams Family, simply titled Wednesday, to be directed oh, okay. by none other than Tim Burton. The official synopsis. Wednesday's attempts to master her emerging psychic ability thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town and solved the supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships. Now, uh, you know, we have a lot of feelings about this thing, but uh, as fans of the Adams family, very little of it uh, seems positive based on that, um, that synopsis. But you know what? Ortega looks the part, so at least she won't be the issue that uh, some people have with it. You know, with Tim Burton, it is in good hands. Um, you know, taking this sort of uh, supernatural mystery thriller approach as opposed to sort of the live action comedy sitcom. I don't know how I feel about that tone. Uh, what about you? I say with it, uh, I don't like the. It sounds like the approach is different. I think just let Tim Burton create a Tim Burton world of Adam's family. Then really, you want to focus on Wednesday, that's fine. But uh, if anyone could make a really cool Adam's family, Tim Burton would be your guy. It would be trippy, dark, strange. And in a weird twist, if you could make Christina Ricci come back as uh, Morticia, whew, 
<laughs> you know, it'd be good. Obviously, you got to find a new Gomez because uh, Raul Julia passed away a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd's a little too old to be uh, Uncle Fester, so you definitely have to find that. And uh, I, I just think if you did it, just like reimagine it is great, but like as a psychological thriller and stuff, not really. You know, in the early 90s movies directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who obviously did like the Men in Black franchise, you know, those were fun and quirky and, uh, you know, had a lot of humor and, and you know, Debbie, never really- Debbie, Debbie. I still <laughs> quote that to this Lady Debbie to this day. <laughs> it never really took itself seriously, which was fun. This one sounds like it's trying to be a little too dramatic, but you know what? We'll, we'll just save, uh, you know, keep those reservations for when we actually yeah. see it. And maybe it'll pan out and be something yeah. wonderful. You know, I like the actress for it and I like the director for it. So uh, hoping Tim Burton gets a good run with it. Um, I did not see his version of Dumbo, but that wasn't uh, really his vision either. It was shot in his style, but right. that wasn't his story and vision. So it wasn't. Yeah. D- Disney yeah. had a lot of meddling in there. So uh, yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't a huge fan of his version of Willy Wonka. So, yeah, you know, he, he's hit and miss in my book. But, uh, <laughs> I, I like that one. I like, I enjoyed it. I don't know. But, I, I don't uh, think it holds a candle to the Gene Wilder. No, one. no, no. It, it's it's very different. But uh, Johnny Depp's weirdo version was uh, made me laugh. I, I, I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> well, let's move on from Netflix over to HBO Max. Uh, obviously, it's the new home of DC's live action and animated shows, and that includes the show Titans. Well, Titans will debut season three on the streaming service, and now we know when, as the cast took some time during filming to film a fun video where they teased what is in store for the season and revealed that season three will hit HBO Max in August of this year. We don't have a specific date in August yet but I'm sure we'll get one soon. In the meantime, you can check out the full video, which we'll post on our Facebook page. And it features all of the old favorites and some new faces joining the cast for season three. You can check out what they had to say about what's next for T- for Titans uh, through their uh, Instagram as well. They said, we're shooting season three. We are on set. We are making the magic happen, the cast said. So get ready for some big surprises. Season three is going to be dark, mysterious, exciting, heartbreaking. That's not exciting for anyone, is it? It's going to be action-packed fun, and the cast can't wait for you to see it. It's going to be big. It's bananas, and I mean bananas. So stay tuned, because Season 3 of Titans is coming this August on our new home on HBO Max. You heard it here first. Now, Tony, I don't know if you've gotten into Titans yet on HBO Max. Um, I started probably about six months ago, watched the first episode, thought it was it was fine. Uh, it was definitely an R-rated take on uh, you know the the Teen Titans that we know, but it didn't really grip me from the first episode. With that being said, with Jesse out of town last week, I went back and uh, you know I'm about halfway through season one now. Now I'm hooked. I'm enjoying it. Now you now it's finally got to that part where they've made a few changes, and now you're like, okay. I'm uh, I'm into it. So yeah, and it's one of those things. You know, you're used to the Teen Titans of the comic books, and you know what you've seen from the animated series. Not Teen Titans Go, because that's there's no canon in there. But in this one, you know, they've changed characters around and, and storylines a little bit, and uh, it was a little off putting at first. But with that being said, you know, they've sort of picked things up, and now we're starting to see you know more of the characters that we enjoy, new characters that I didn't expect to see. And, uh, you know, I let alone season two, which obviously has already aired and we've got season three on its way. I'll be ready for it come August. What about you? 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it. I remember seeing the trailer a while back when uh, DC was just, uh, you know, it had its own streaming app. It was one of those uh, shows we saw a trailer for where Robin was dark and he turned on Batman and and he was struggling. It looked good. Looked yep. actually really good. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever watch it because I'm not going to get the DC app. But, you know, being a part that uh, I am a part of HBO Max, thanks to a friendly, friendly friend. Mm-hmm. Um, wink, wink, nod, nod. It's, uh, I look forward to watching it. Um, I've really enjoyed like the Harley Quinn cartoons. Those have been a lot of fun. I sneak those in and I, and I'm just about done with Modoc. So maybe I'll add that to my, my realm. Now, is it hour long shows? Is it 30 minute bites? They're for the most part about 40 minutes long. So it's not bad. Uh, yeah, I think the first one was a full hour, but uh, you know, it's it's what a network hour long show would be minus the commercials. Okay, I like it. I can get behind that. Uh, so you're saying to me and the audience, really give it a shot, watch it, and just kind of hang hang in there. It's a slow burn, there. but once you get there, then it just kicks. Yeah, get through episode three, and you should be fine from there. You'll yeah, either go it- at that point, I like it or I don't. Wasn't which there was some other shows like that for me? The Office, like the first season, was kind of. Parks and Rec was kind of that way for me as yeah, well. Yeah, but then all of a sudden it just kicks, and then it's like, okay, I like this. This is good. Yep. yep. Well, sticking in the realm of HBO Max, a uh, couple of cartoons were recently announced. Uh, cartoon one being, cartoons! One being a Superman series about a young Clark Kent, uh, you know, just new at the Daily Planet, voiced by uh, Jack Quaid, who's on The Boys, which eh, looks okay. I'm, I'm not really keen on a new Superman series, but I am keen on this one. Batman Caped Crusader, an animated series from executive producers Bruce Tim, J.J. Abrams, and Matt Reeves, received a straight-to-series order from HBO Max and Cartoon Network. The reimagining of the Batman mythology is produced by Warner Brothers Animation, Bad Robot Productions, and Sixth in Idaho, and marks Batman the Animated Series producer Tim's Return to Batman the Animated Episodic Series. The animated series uh, includes a bunch of presidents who we don't care about. says it was always fun to feed the insatiable appetite fans have for all things Batman. Batman Cape Crusader will entertain first time and diehard fans alike. And with such an impressive creative team in place, we know we have another future Batman classic in the making. The register added Batman, the animated series was a masterpiece that shaped the perception of the character for an entire generation of fans. It is in that spirit that we are bringing together three master storytellers in JJ, Matt, and Bruce, each with their own intuitive understanding and affection for the character to create a new series that will continue in the same groundbreaking legacy. So if you were a fan of Batman, the animated series, which had that sort of um, noir art deco style to it, which was all Bruce Tim, he's on board with this along with JJ Abrams and uh, Matt, Matt Reeves, Reeves, who's behind the new, the Batman movie. Tony, is this something you'll be checking out? Oh, hell yeah. This one sounds exciting. I'm with you on the Superman one. Eh, you know, not not all that excited about. It. I've never been a big Superman guy, anyways. But uh, Batman, uh, definitely of the DC characters, that's my fave, and uh, I, I really enjoyed Batman the animated series as a younger Tony. So, as an older Tony, this would be something I check out, and I imagine it's gonna be a little on the darker side too, especially being on HBO Max. You don't think it's gonna cater too much to the younger audience, which is nice. Yeah, and it's got that Bruce Tim style to uh, at least the uh, poster that they put up. My only complaint is 
that it goes back to the early, early Batman where his uh, ears were about like six inches long, uh, which looks a little funky. But, you know, I, I, I'll wait till I see some actual animation before I uh, poo poo on it too much. No, well, there you go. Well, at least you found more positive than negative. There's if if the ears are the most negative thing about it, then it's not going to be a bad thing. It's going to appeal to you much like many Batman fan, Batman fanatics. So there you exactly. go. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for TV news. When we come back, we're going to be talking weekend box office and movie news. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. We just finished up TV news, but before we get to the movies, let's go ahead and explore that weekend box office report. Well, the overall domestic box office this weekend had about as much life as one of Jigsaw's victims, but the Saw continuation spiral remained on the top with an estimated $4.5 million, making its 10-day domestic total 15.8. Globally, 22.5, you know, the the franchise has made a a ton of money, but uh, for all intents and purposes, this one's uh, fans are somewhat enjoying it. Critics are hating it. Um, I may see it but I may wait until it uh, hits uh, one of the streaming services. Yes. What a pity. It's too bad. (laughs) It's too bad. I'm the same way. I've actually been turned off by some of the reviews I've read and the critics and it, the, the trailer makes it look good, but then again, is this really a popcorn kind of flick that you want to go see? You want to support the box office, but uh, if I had to rank it on the uh, the pop culture thing, this might be a matinee, so this would fall under the so-so category. Or a blah, which is where you'd stream at home. So you're more leaning towards a blah, I'm giving it kind of more of a so-so. I think the biggest thing it uh, falls into is that, you know, people really don't want to see this kind of movie coming out of the pandemic when everything was doom and gloom anyway. So this, that's this probably- would have been perfect around. You put this in the conjuring and I've never understood this about horror movies, by the way. Why don't they save the big horror movies for October when it's that theme? You know, you know, you're getting into Halloween and you want to be in the mood for that shit. Exactly. And just, yeah, that's where you should put it. Spiral probably would be great around Halloween summer box office movie nah. so. and usually typically horror movies come out in august when they do so yeah the uh, second place movie which also sort of falls into that trap is di- director guy ritchie's heist thriller wrath of man brought in uh, 2.9 million for a domestic total of 18.8 this one i did see over the weekend and if you're expecting a whimsical guy ritchie movie this is not it um i was very oh. <laughs> You know, Jason Statham, he was good in his part. It looked great, but uh, story-wise and character development, there was no redeeming quality for anybody in the movie. Yeah, once you gave me your review on that, um, it turned me off. And sometimes, and with your reviews, I trust them because you and I like very, very similar things, if not most everything the same. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it looked interesting. The fact you went something like, eh, it's a piece of crap. Because- we both went into Mortal Kombat thinking, oh, that's going to be awesome. Right. We both left like, mm, it's kind of a piece of crap. 
it was. Well, in third place was the Angelina Jolie action thriller, Those Who Wish Me Dead, also available on HBO Max, brought in $1.8 million. Uh, not stellar box office numbers, but at the same time, you can see it from the comfort of your home. In fourth place was Disney's animated adventure, which is still in theaters, Riot and the Last Dragon. I still want to see that. I do too. $1.66 million and uh, a little over $100 million worldwide. Of course, that doesn't account for the premier access numbers. And I'll probably watch it when it goes to regular Disney Plus as opposed to paying 30 bucks. Yeah, you know what's crazy is that's been still a premium since March. Um, and you're now getting into like Kong versus Godzilla is already hitting digital platforms. You can watch it at home. I mean, you could have done that on HBO Max, but now it's on all digital platforms. And exactly. Same with all the HBO Max exclusives are finally being freed up into other platforms, which is good good for the movie companies there. And speaking of Godzilla versus Kong, it made it into fifth place with 1.43 million, bringing its worldwide total to 432 million. Big, big numbers for a a fun box office movie. Yeah, it was Um, a great movie. Rounding out the top 10 in sixth place, you've got Demon Slayer, the movie with another 1.34 million. Yeah, Poopy Mortal Kombat, which brought in 935,000. Fatality. Scoob was back in theaters with 850,000. Oh, like Scoob, like we're totally going to go back to the movies. <laughs> no, oh, Maggie. <laughs> we had Dream Horse. No idea what that is. With it's a movie about horses that dream. <laughs> and in 10th place, Finding You with 670,000. So uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, coming this weekend, we've got A Quiet Place 2 and Cruella. So expect to see some new number ones at the box office. <laughs> I yeah, I, which which one do you think will take? I actually, which one do you think will take number I one next week? Cruella will just because it's more of a family friendly. Everybody can go, but uh, a quiet place too will be up in that one two spot. There. For sure. Yeah, those will definitely be the two. Um, I think a quiet place might do it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Oh, I've I've read early reviews and they say it's one of the rare movies that can hold up to the original. So yep, yep. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, folks. Well, that does it for the box office report over the weekend. Let's go ahead and get into that movie news. And here we go. Are you the key master? Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> we came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 38 miles per hour. They're going to see some serious shit. Yeah, we Great were. Scott Christian! <laughs> 88 miles per hour! You know, it took 88 minutes to do your damn entertainment report. <laughs> Great Scott! <laughs> well, with that being said, so in some exciting casting news, Deadline reports that none other than Beefcake action star Henry Cavill has been tapped to possibly play the lead in an upcoming Highlander reboot. Ryan Reynolds was previously attached a few years ago, but it seems that that version of the project wasn't immortal after all. No word on how close to the original the film will be, but the original film synopsis, uh, just for a little refresher... When the mystical Russell Nash kills a man in a sword fight in a New York City parking lot, he leaves a sliver of an ancient weapon lodged in a car in the process. After brilliant uh, forensic specialist Brenda Wyatt recovers the evidence of the mysterious weapon, she and her partner, Lieutenant Frank Moran, embark on an investigation of Nash that will land them in the middle of a dangerous centuries-old feud between powerful immortals. I loved the early Highlander movies uh, You know, growing up. You had Sean Connery, uh, Christopher Lambert. Eh, he was okay, but uh, you know, it was a neat concept for a sci-fi action movie. 
Yeah, it's crazy they're bringing it back. I mean, that's uh, that's what Hollywood does now. They have to go back into their IPs and uh, what can we do to keep it fresh? Which, I don't know. I don't really like that trend too much because they kind of don't do it a service. I like original ideas. Create things. Be creative. Create your own version of a Highlander. Right. Or if they do it properly, stick to the source material, then it can be fantastic. Like what uh, Marvel does, maybe not necessarily DC. Speaking of DC, moving on to our next story, it looks like Black Adam isn't the only DC character The Rock has his eye on playing. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been working on a live action Black Adam movie for what feels like an eternity, and the film is finally shooting in Georgia. Johnson's partnership with DC and Warner Brothers is about to be extended, however, as he takes on another role in an upcoming film. As strange it may sound, as it may sound, The Rock is voicing Crypto the Superdog in a theatrical animated feature titled DC League of Super Pets. League of Super Pets will be the first time Crypto gets a real starring role in a DC project, though he has recently appeared in the live-action Titans TV series, which we mentioned earlier. The movie is set to arrive in theaters on May 20th, 2022, going up against films like Mission Impossible 7 and John Wick Chapter 4. Given that Super Pets is an animated family film, though it should have no trouble carving out its own audience. And Warner Brothers has a great history of animated films. Look at the Lego movies. Look at, uh, I mean, any of the DC animated properties are fantastic. So I think this will be pretty good. And I think, I hope the humor is along the lines of like a Lego movie. What say you? Right. Uh, Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Do you you smell what the crypto is cooking? Uh, no, I think it's good. Uh, the rock, his movies are for the most part, very entertaining. Um, I know he has a joy of animation and he gives a lot of energy into his character. It's not just so bland. Like I am the rock, like he puts emphasis into it. So I think for crypto, the, the dog, that'll be cool. Um, the, the fact the Millers are behind it. That's, uh, you know, I love the Lego movie style, so it should be fun, you know, and this is DC they have a chance to do things right. I think having the rock as black Adam, that's going to be box office success. I mean, that's Shazam was already fantastic. That's a surprise hit. So when you tie this together, they kind of got their outside stuff. They do right. So I'm excited about it. Well, and with Jim Lee in charge now and, and them sort of expanding the, the prior projects into the multiverse, I think they have a chance to right those wrongs. Yeah. Huge Jim Lee fan too, man. He, he was the best artist for the X-Men for sure. So. Absolutely. Now, speaking of uh, boy studios that have it right, Marvel Studios dropped the lead- latest teaser trailer for The Eternals, which, you know, up to this point, we didn't know much about. And, you know, as they do with these Marvel trailers, they don't give us much here to work with, aside from showing us some cool scenes and who the characters are. So with that being said, let's go ahead and watch this one together. It's a UFO! That'd be terrifying to see for the first time. It's beautiful, isn't it? Beaches. We 
have watched. Unguided, we have helped them progress. Unseen them, accomplish wonders. Throughout the years, we have never interfered. Until John Snow <laughs> when you said good Thank you for this. Oh, you are. So now that Captain Rogers and Iron Man are both gone, who do you think's going to lead the Avengers? I could lead them. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good, Tone. You know, again, aside from the little I know about the Jack Kirby original comic, um, you know, I, I think from everything I've read, they're going to take the later Neil Gaiman run, you know, bits and pieces of that story. Um, but it looks like fun. You get that trademark Marvel humor there a little bit at the end. And, uh, you know, I think it may be the setup for what I'm hoping is the X-Men. Uh, with just a, a 30 seconds, Tone, what are your thoughts? Um, don't know really anything about the Eternals at all. I know they are in the Marvel Universe. Uh, where were they uh, during the whole Thanos thing? Curious to hear that side of the story. Uh, maybe I'll explain a little bit of that. Don't know what time period in the MCU universe this takes place in. Um, but nonetheless, it's Marvel, man. They can take characters from their back catalog and they can make it gold. I told you off air yesterday, Guardians of the Galaxy is a great example of that. Didn't know anything about it love the Guardians of the Galaxy, and now they're mainstay. They take characters and they make them more common because you can't always ride the coattails of an Iron Man, Captain Rogers, or Captain America <laughs> stuff. You got to build new characters. You got to keep the universe flowing. So I'm excited for it. It's Marvel. What's not to like? They, haven't, they haven't made a crap movie yet. Uh, at least one where I think is crap. There might yeah. be some I like better than others, but nothing's been bad. Well, we'll find out for sure on November 5th. So stay tuned. I'm sure uh, we'll get an, another trailer before then. But in the meantime, we are headed into our break, into our final segment, talking video game news. We'll see you guys in just a few. Oh, we are back to the Proton Pack podcast, into our final segment where we're going to be talking about video game news. We covered TV. We did our review of Army of the Dead and, of course, movie news with the weekend box office. But now it's to talk, time to talk about those little pixels that we enjoy here in our video game news. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? Of course, in the lead up to E3, which uh, is happening this summer, we're getting little bits. Oh, of it's just a couple weeks away, baby. But they're not dropping any big bombshells for us. But this one I thought was pretty interesting. A new Sonic the Hedgehog stream will reveal fresh projects, partnerships, and events to celebrate the Blue Hedgehog's 30th anniversary announced by Sega today. 
titled Sonic Central. The stream kicks off on Thursday, May 27th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. The stream will be available through YouTube and Twitch. A Sonic Colors remaster is one of the leaked projects that could be shown during the event. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which recently wrapped filming, is another possibility. As a thanks to fans on the occasion of Sonic's 30th anniversary, Sega also released this charming tribute video dedicated to celebrating the series, which we'll post on our Facebook page. With Sega's Sonic anniversary stream, Thursday is now starting to look quite busy. Early this morning, Sony also announced that a state of play dedicated to Horizon Forbidden West would be shown on the same day. So stay tuned, especially if you're a Sega and Sonic fan. Tune into the stream to find out there. My hope is that they take on sort of the Tetris 99, uh, Mario, uh, was it 34? Um, yeah. Then the Pac-Man that they're doing right now where uh, they release a version that uh, is sort of a head-to-head of uh, either the original Sonic or at least one of the first three Sonic games. Dude, that's a good idea for a Battle Royale game. I really like that idea. Um, That would be sweet to see. I know Nintendo's really been making that a thing on their online service. Um, They did bring back Sonic Mania, which was a callback to the Sonic uh, 2D games, which was great. Um, I like the old 16 bit style. Um, so, so much you could do with it, you know, but still nice to go back every once in a while. I would like a Sonic Adventure three. Ooh, yeah. I remember Sonic Adventure one on the Dreamcast was fantastic. Two was a lot of fun. I came out at the end of the Dreamcast cycle. The Dreamcast wasn't around very long, but, uh, yeah, it was great system, great games. Now all the 3d stuff, like they say, Sonic colors that was on the, uh, Nintendo Wii. I think it was GameCube or Wii. Never played it. I never played it either. Um, But I heard that game got good reviews as well. I'm pretty sure it was the Wii because it was like motion controlled. And so it was probably the Wii. But here nor there, Sonic games are hit or miss. Post, there have been more, I think, more shitty Sonic games than there have been good. So I'd really like maybe a really good Sonic Adventure 3. Ooh, an updated Uh, Sonic Spinball maybe? uh, That would be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. I like I really like your idea of the Battle Royal. That'd be fun. Those those games are fun. I really wish they didn't get rid of the Mario one because that was a great way to go back to play something uh that you've played a million times. Like Mario One, it gives you a reason to go play it. Head to head competition points. It's fun. It's a great thing. Um excited to see what they have. I love that Sega's still producing games. Um would love to see old IPs revived too from them. Yeah. Uh, Crazy Taxi, House of the Dead. Uh, I would love to see some old stuff reappear. Yep. Well, speaking of old Sega games, perfect segue tone. Virtua Fighter is getting a brand new remake, marking the return to the spotlight for the classic fighting game series after a decade-long absence. While it's not quite a shadow drop, it will nevertheless be out very soon. Sega announced today that Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown will be a PlayStation 4 console exclusive. It will include updated graphics built in a brand new engine, as well as new online features, with development being led by an all-star team from Sega AM2 and Ryuga Gotoku Studio. Boy, that's a mouthful to say. It is being developed as part of Sega's 60th anniversary project. First released to the arcade back in 1993, Virtua Fighter is a pioneering 3D fighting game series. It's been eclipsed in popularity by Tekken, its contemporary rival, 
It retains a devoted fan base in some fighting game circles. Now, this game is set to drop on June 1st, so we're going to see it in about a week, a little less than a week from today. So if you're a fan of Virtual Fighter, you want some updated awesome graphics, and you're a PlayStation owner, well, maybe it's worth a pickup. Hey, there you go. Um, I wasn't a very big Virtual Fighter fan. I remember those graphics back in the day. I know they don't look the same. They've, they're obviously modern day graphics, but uh, back in the day, those were revolutionary. And you're like, oh my God, it's 3D. And like when you look at it now, it's really crappy. But uh, um, but the fighting games were just, they were okay. I mean, they were fun in the arcade because you had to have that, the way you spun the joystick and hit the buttons to do your combo it was pretty cool. Um, hey, always nice to see old IPs. This just throws back to me saying like Crazy Taxi, House of the Dead, Virtual Fighter was another uh, successful of um, that. You know, as lame as this sounds, I'd like me some new Sega bass fishing, man. That that shit, <laughs> that shit was fun. Lodge, it really was a lot of fun. It was a great fishing game. Lodge area. <laughs> great. There's a bite. And that was like, and there you're catching the fish and shit. That was fun. <laughs> Well, especially with like the Wii motes. I mean, there's uh, yeah. peripherals that you could include with that to make it even that much. Yeah, because we had it on the Dreamcast. You're just the vibrate and it's like fish and you're like, and it's like the line break. I mean, it was a, it was a good, good fun time, man. Yeah. Well, let's move on with our next story here in video game news. Now, we were talking battle royales in terms of the classic games, but I think the most popular battle royale game right now is Fortnite, which I picked up from time to time. Sure, it's fun enough, but never really spent a lot of time. With that being said, it was only a matter of time before Deathstroke, you know, the DC supervillain, set his sights on Fortnite, ever eager to finish a contract once hired. He'll be hitting the island, island sooner than expected with the Deathstroke Zero Cup. Now, the Deathstroke Zero Cup is a solo tournament where people can compete for their chance to win Deathstroke's Zero Outfit and Katanas, which which act as both a back bling and a pickaxe before they hit the item shop. The event runs for three hours and starts on May 27th at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, if you're looking to compete, you must have an account level of 30 and two-factor authentication enabled whatever. I know the two-factor, but I would assume you have to be a long-time player in order to uh, even qualify for this cup. They've released some cool skins over the years. You know, Obviously, they had Thanos with the snap, but uh, this one looks pretty badass, especially for uh, a game like Fortnite. Hey, it's good. They've been tying in a lot of stuff. Um, I never played Fortnite. Uh, my roommates, uh, my ex-roommates' kids, they played a lot. So, I'd seen them like when Thanos was a part of it and they had uh, the Avengers in there and stuff. I've, I've seen them, the characters on there. So, I mean, it's neat to incorporate that stuff. Um, it's great cross pro, uh, platform gets people excited. So it's all a positive thing for sure. So if you're a fan of it, then awesome. If that's exactly. your thing. Yeah. And then before we go for the day, obviously this upcoming weekend is Memorial day and GameStop's Memorial day sale is now live goes through the 31st. Sweet. Some of the things you can find there, buy two games, get one game on pre-owned games under 20. Uh, you have multiple, uh, sorry, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order is available for $39.99. Great game. Great game. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You rarely ever see this. $39.99. Yoshi's Crafted World, $39.99. Splatoon 2, $39.99. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, also $39.99. Great price for a great game. Yep. Immortals Phoenix Rising, 
Um, and then if you were looking forward to the latest Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you can get that for $39.99. So, I bought it when I had COVID and I've never played it since. <laughs> I was in November. What a waste for me. But uh, it was a cool game. Um, I do got to say this about GameStop. Warning to our fair listeners. Yep. When you go for these, uh, they hook you with these, go buy these pre-owned games. They do really shitty, a shitty way to deceive you. They'll put the game on the shelf. And then when you're picking out these games, because you're like, oh, it's buy two, get one free. And and then you get these games and you go to the counter. They might have one or two of those games and that's about it. So just caution when you do that. Don't fall complete victim because I've been burned by that. And it's kind of bad business in my opinion. But nonetheless, great sales. Go get them. It's video games. Why not? <laughs> Buyer beware. But folks, that does it for this episode of the Proton Pack podcast. As a reminder, find us on social media, Proton Pack, Proton Pack podcast. I've been doing that all day. Yeah. Proton. Anything you want to leave the listeners with? Yes, definitely. Thank you, guys. I say this every week. Thank you so much for listening, supporting, liking the videos. Share. Please share it with you with your friends, uh, anyone. It's always nice to get new listeners. We love the feedback. Please reach out to us. Uh, listen to our morning show, the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Um, continue, continue to support the Proton Pack, and we'll keep putting these out. It's a lot of fun to do with you guys. And uh, we look forward to being back with a new episode next Tuesday. You guys all have a safe Memorial Day. Play lots of video games. Peace. There you go. See you guys all next week. I am. Hasta la vista, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.